And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today, we are actually talking about the Summer League here and pretty much talking about some of the storylines and some of the players that I think will have a huge impact on NBA rosters here or who actually could have actually gone out and made a name for themselves. So uh, first and foremost, I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show. And I want to thank the fans out there who have actually listened to the show on a week-to-week basis here to help drive content to the show. So without further ado here, let's go ahead and jump into the summer league here. And so like I said, we'll kind of jump around here at some topics and players that have kind of stood out here in the summer league and so first and foremost let's start off here with some of the um i guess the top tier picks here in the nba draft and one that comes to my mind immediately has to be keegan murray here for the sacramento kings i think that if you're a sacramento kings fan um there this is probably maybe one of the most exciting times it has been to be a kings fan probably since the days of chris weber Peja Stoyakovic, Mike Bibby, Vladi Divox, Doug Christie. I mean, with Keegan Murray and what he showed out here in the Summer League, I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal here, averaging about 26 points a game here, um, you know, on about 8.5 makes per game here. I mean, this guy was absolutely tremendous here, about seven, yeah, about seven rebounds a game. I mean, the great thing about Keegan Murray here that I love about him and his game is the fact that he could not only score from the inside, but he also can show that he can uh, score from the outside. His handle is tight as well, so he handles a lot like a guard. And the thing that I've always loved about players like that is the fact that Keegan Murray, I can tell you right now, he is not going to be dependent on De'Aaron Fox. He is not going to be dependent on Davion Mitchell um, or really any of the shooters that they have here. This guy can go out and get buckets on any given night. And you have to have that in today's NBA, especially if you're going to play uh, the four, the five. And I mean, he could actually play anywhere from the three to the five. You might be able to sneak him in at a two sometimes. I I don't know. But Keegan Murray, to me, um, man, like coming into this thing, I was thinking maybe Chad Holmgren might be the rookie of the year. Uh, Man, I I might be changing that up, man, because I I really think that right now with Keegan Murray, I love what Jay Billis said on draft night. It's not going to be something that's an Instagram sensation, but this guy is a uh, just professional uh, bucket getter and he just seems to be the person that he's a lunch pail guy uh, and he's going to get it done I, I think that he is really going to have a special rookie year um, especially now with the ads that Sacramento has uh, I love that they have brought uh, Herder over from Atlanta um, you know they get Mike Brown over there so you're going to get a lot of similarities to what Golden State like to run um, you know you're going to get terrific defense from Davion Mitchell De'Aaron Fox is going to push the basketball uh, up the court there and like I said they they have other shooters and things that are now in place here to go along with Keegan Murray so I think that this might be a a special uh, roster here coming up for this year I know it's it's been a long time to say that uh, for Sacramento and I think that Keegan Murray to me uh, he, he could be the rookie of the year at this point in time. I, I mean, definitely, I'm probably going to give that a vote here as we get closer to the NBA season starting here. I know it is summer league. 
Uh, but hey, this guy played very well at Iowa. He's played very well here in the summer league. Um, you know, he played well against top tier picks too, as well. You know, whether it was uh, Ben Cheryl, um, you know, or you know the kid here from uh, the Rockets as well. Uh, this guy's played well. You know, he's played terrific against those top tier picks. Uh, Chad Holmgren. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this guy is right there, and I'm thinking of uh, Jamar Jabari Smith. Excuse me, the, the guy from the Rockets here. So he played well against him too. So. All the top tier picks, he's looked very, very good with. And so uh, if you're Sacramento fans, I, I think you've got to be rooting highly here of Keegan Murray. Next up here, uh, let's talk about uh, Quentin Grimes here. So Quentin Grimes, um, you know, here's a guy that is, is, is coming out of Houston's program here. He did play sparingly here for the Knicks last year. Um, I know he did have a little knee injury there, uh, but he's able to get back here. But he looked like his offensive game has gotten a lot better. He looks like he's ready to be an impact player here. And, you know, Quentin Grimes is a huge piece here to the Knicks because if you think about it, the Knicks have, have talked about or they're in talks possibly with getting Donovan Mitchell here. So... I mean, that couldn't tell that they could let uh, R.J. Barrett go, who I think that might be a little bit of a mistake here since R.J. Barrett has been uh, more of the resurgent one. Um, and it couldn't tell that they let go of Julius Randle as well. Um, and, it, and it shows that because the game that Quentin Grimes displayed here in the summer league and his development, maybe the Knicks are ready to go ahead and give this guy a shot um, and, and give him... Um, his just, uh, you know, and do playing time here. And so, you know, if he can lock up on the defensive end here, you know, that's always going to be a, a staple here for uh, a Tom Thibodeau team. If you can go out there and you can, you know, play defense and everything like that. But if you can also score too uh, in space, I think that that's going to be huge in a Tom Thibodeau offense, especially when they run a lot of half court sets and things break down, um, you know, they're going to need a guy who can make plays. Because when you look at Tom Thibodeau and you look at some of the more successful jobs he had, um, even dating back to the uh, New York Knicks roster that they had not this year, but the year before, they were terrific at when the plays broke down, Julius Randle was able to make plays. Uh, with the Chicago Bulls, it was Derrick Rose who could make plays. Uh, with the the team, uh, yeah, the Timberwolves, excuse me, I couldn't get that out. You had um, Jimmy Butler who was able to come in and make plays. So he's always had a legit guy that could actually make plays outside of just, you know, calling plays in half court sets. So, you know, Quentin Grimes could be that guy here. Um, he, I liked what he showed here. I know it was summer league again, you know, it's a small sample size, but look in five games, the guy averaged 22.6. Uh, you know, he was making about seven field goals, uh, shooting it about 17 times. So he was definitely getting his jacks out there. But uh, more importantly here, you know, hey, he shot about 30% from the three-point land, um, shooting, you know, 68% from the free throw line. So you want to get a little bit better there, especially if you're going to be a guard and you're going to be touching that a lot. Um, but did get about seven attempts a game. So this really showed me that he was actually working on getting to the basket and things like that. And so I feel like if you can be a slasher in the Tom Thibodeau system and be effective, um, I feel like that that's going to play uh, a big dividend there for New York moving forward here. You know, I think that that's something that they're going to need uh, to impact the win column there. So definitely keep an eye on Quentin Grimes. Next up here, let's talk about the number one pick in the draft here, Paolo Benchero. 
So uh, I got a chance to watch this young man a lot at Duke here towards the end of the season. And you know, when you're watching uh, folks at the end of the season, that's probably generally the best sample size there in their college, I think, because uh, by that time, uh, you know, it is, they're playing so hard. There's so much on the line. And I think you get um, a lot of everything from everybody at that point in time because you know it's the biggest stage in college basketball you're talking about March Madness it's a win and go home situation uh, one of my favorite and best times of the year is to watch that there so when you look at uh, what Paulo Benchero does here um, you know man he showed a lot at Duke but I think he's showing a lot more here in the summer league I want to point out the fact that the one game that he had where I believe it was Sacramento and Orlando, they went into the double overtime and the double overtime rules in the summer league is uh, the, the, I believe it's the first basket wins. It's kind of like a sudden death situation there. And the block that he made on the defensive end, that was incredible. Okay. That was really, really incredible. And the fact that he had shown that, I think throughout the summer league, uh, I think you really, really have to be really excited if you're an Orlando Magics fan here because uh, this is a guy that, I, I mean, he literally, you pair that with Franz Wagner here, I mean, these guys may turn that franchise around by at least about 20, 30 uh, games here. And then you look at the fact that they still have Martez Phobes on the roster here. If Martez Phobes can even become somewhat of a role player like he was with Philadelphia here, I think you're in a good situation here. You have Cole Anthony who is out there as well. I think he's special. Uh, last time I checked, I believe Terrence Ross is still on this roster as well. Uh, they have another former roster uh, or lottery pick, excuse me, uh, at center and Wendell Carter Jr. Like they have the makings to really make something special happen. Uh, I know I've been on record here talking about Orlando and saying, you know, I didn't know what they might have. They might have to get rid of some things because they have so many uh, forwards and, and centers that actually kind of play the same thing. But Ventura uh, can actually play anywhere from three to five. I mean, he's a lot like Keegan Murray here, um, maybe a little bit more explosive there, uh, you know, in the way he scores, you know, the basketball and stuff like that. But make no mistake about it. I mean, this is a guy here. I mean, he shot 40% from the field. He was 50% uh, from the three point land here. Uh, he was able to get to the free throw line. He shot 80% there. So that's always going to be good. It's a good indication. That means that you can keep a young man like this on the floor. Rebounding wise here, he averaged about uh, five rebounds a game. And the one thing that I do want to circle here is the six assist. Um, that right there, I, I didn't know he was that good of a playmaker. And I guess it was maybe because you really didn't see that at Duke because he wasn't necessarily handling the ball like that. But uh, ben Cheryl is a heck of a playmaker. I mean, he could get the cross court. He's shown that he could probably distribute either hand. And I know people are going to look at the turnover battles and things like that in summer league. But hey, you know, guys are coming in off five days of practice here. You're throwing a squad together and you're kind of figuring it out as you kind of go along here. So, um, you know, kudos to uh, the Magic for getting this correct here. I think that they hit the nail on the head here with Ben Cheryl. I think he's going to have a fascinating season. Um, this rookie class, and really, yeah, this rookie class in general, it I'm going to go on record, it might be one of the best in this era when we look back 
if these guys can mature into what they are. And a lot of these guys played in some big moments, whether it was for Duke or Kansas, um, and they look really, really good. And I think that you pair them with the veterans that they have here on the roster, and they could have something really special here. So, you know, kudos to the Magics. I think that you have to be excited if you're a Magics fan here. Uh, I think that they're going to be good for quite some time. And I wouldn't be shocked if this young man won Rookie of the Year or he's right there in the midst of this thing as long as he can stay healthy. Next up, let me talk about a young man here who he didn't get a chance to uh, finish necessarily the Summer League. But man, was he spectacular. And that is Jordan Ivey, um, or Jaden Ivey, excuse me. Jaden Ivey, to me, I, I mean, this kid, he's special, okay? So Detroit, to me, has really got this thing right with Jaden Ivey. Um, he, he's like my dark horse here for Rookie of the Year. I mean, he had set a goal for being the MVP of the Summer League to start off, and then Rookie of the Year, uh, he, he might hit it. I, I'm serious. When they drafted Jaden Ivey, the one thing that was said about this kid is that he was actually a lot like a John Morant prototype, and he is. He's a lot like a John Morant, but he's a little bit more polished, I think, from the perimeter. Um, the way he distributes the ball, the way he's able to, to get a good jump shot off, uh, and you saw it. I mean, I think he had 11 points before he went down with an injured ankle, but uh man Detroit for real they, they really got a great pick here with Jaden Ivey uh I think he's going to be special and I think that he's going to take a lot of pressure off of Cade Cunningham because to me I think that if they were to put that pressure on Cade Cunningham I think it would be a tough situation for Cade I think that this is probably uh the perfect situation for him you know because I feel like Cade is, is more of like a Paul George type player um, and not to take anything away from Paul George, but I think Paul George probably operates best to me when he has another running mate uh, via, you know, a Kawhi, via a Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, it, it just it's something about that that I think it brought the best out of Paul George and still brings the best out of Paul George. I think that that's what's going to happen for Cade Cunningham. I think Cade can now be a little bit more of a distributor. He can pick his spots as a scorer here. And then he can relax knowing that Jaden Ivey can run the offense and get the team in the sets, really get the tempo going. The kid likes to run, um, and that's going to be a big plus. So I really like what they did here with picking up Jaden Ivey. Like, I think that he's going to be uh, outstanding here for them. Um, and moving forward here, another uh, pick that the Detroit Pistons got that I'm really high on too as well is I like what they got here from Memphis in the, uh, Jalen Durant. Uh, Jalen Durant, again, here's a guy, again, that you're getting him out of Memphis here. This guy is for sure a guy that looks a lot like a Clint Capella to me. Uh, I, I see him being like a Clint Capella, a drumming, a rim protector here. I think that they definitely got something special here. Look, if Detroit cannot turn the page here with this roster, there's something wrong. You know, they just signed Marvin Bagley back there as well. I think that uh, Jaden Ivey is going to help him get buckets too. Um, I think that there's going to be more space for him to operate, um, you know, now that they have traded off, um, they traded off my man here to uh, to the Portland Trailblazers as well. 
um, and it'll come to me here in a second. But, you know, just in thinking about it here, Jer- Jeremy Grant, Jaron Grant, excuse me, Jeremy Grant. So it, it just it clicked to me. So now that they've tra- traded him off, you know, I think that this is something that uh, Detroit here, they now have some space for these young guys to develop here. They have uh, Dwayne Casey there, who is a coach who has been there before. This is the time for Detroit here. I think this is the time. I think that definitely off what I saw here in the summer league from some of these guys, I know it's a small sample here, but again, I think that these guys are ready to be big contributors here and they have uh, some NBA ready uh, talents that really, that they translate. They translate into today's game. I really think that. So kudos there to the Pistons here. Next up here, let's talk about another guy that, uh, to me, I think when we look at the Golden State Warriors, a lot of people might panic because, yes, they lost Otto Porter. Yes, they they lost Gary Payton, uh, you know, the second. I, I get it. I understand it. But the way Moses Moody played and then the way Jonathan Kaminga played and then the fact that they got Jamie Wiseman out here, folks, they basically what they did here is okay they won the chip okay with some talent with jordan pool they re you know uh vamped the bench here uh with uh, tuasano i think i'm sure i butchered his name but he just went to the lakers here they had him they had jordan pool you know they had uh otto porter coming off the bench here uh they they had moody they had kaminga cool you know yes and they had gary payton's uh, son as well they let go of those guys, and now they're saying it's time for Moses Moody. It is time for Jonathan Kaminga. It's time for uh, Jamie Wiseman here. So even though Golden State did not go out here and sign anything, um, you know, too eye glaring, um, I do like what they got with uh, Devin Gento. I, I like that pick there. I think that uh, he is a do-it-all player there that will probably fit with them. Um, he doesn't shoot the three ball great, but he does shoot it pretty good. So that will work from a spacing standpoint. But more importantly here, again, the Warriors now, I think, can we put some respect on that organization uh, and the way that they have shaped it? And they did not pack it in when Clay got hurt, uh, when Steph got hurt, when Draymond was out, when they were losing a lot of games. They never felt like their championship window was closed. They knew that once they got their pieces back, they were going to be okay. And the, and I've been saying this. The one thing is you don't want to leverage your future, okay? A lot like what I think has happened to the Los Angeles Lakers. They put a lot of their future into Anthony Davis. And, you know, I get it with LeBron. Yes, they got those guys over there. They shipped out a lot of younger players. They shipped out a lot of draft picks, right? They did get the bubble championship. I get it. But after that, the cupboard's bare here, okay? You know, when you get Anthony Davis here only playing a couple games a season or whatever the case may be, that's a big chunk of it, okay? So he's out of there. You know LeBron's going to be special. Cool. But besides that, you've lined him up with older vets, and they don't even have draft picks to go out here and, you know, put some more talent out there to go along and to continue to build and rebuild off of they don't have that they've leveraged the future unlike golden state they flipped the whole deal with kevin durant and got uh d'angelo russell and then they flipped him to get wiggins over there and all in turn they kept draft picks and basically that's what turned into moses moody 
Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, and now they're in a prime position now. They've won a title. They've been in the G League. They're ready to contribute now. They played NBA minutes and, and meaningful minutes in playoff games. These guys are going to be ready to go, and they have retooled. And when you look at their summer league performances here, you know, Moses Moody led the league with 27 points a game. Jonathan Kaminga struggled somewhat, and he still averaged 19 points a game. And so, listen, you're getting that type of firepower on the bench. More importantly, you're getting a seven-footer back here that can play a five-to-three aspect. He's going to be big in helping Kevon Looney. Like, Golden State has done it right. I think that even though their summer league really didn't show, you know, a whole bunch of bizarre and, and flash, but I think that their team is probably still to be talked about here because of what they did and how they're retooling and what their young talent looks like here. So I was very impressed with what Golden State was able to do here um, with those young men here in the summer league. I th thought that they played well. I thought that they looked good. And, you know, I, I expect some really, really special things for them. Um, next up here, let's talk about a team here that really struggled last year. But again, they're like Detroit here. I think that, you know, again, I, I like what, uh, you know, Sam Mitchell was saying during the broadcast here on ESPN and NBA TV. The Rockets, to me, are coming. I, I do think that they're coming. Um, you know, I'm not sure when their time is going to be here, but... Let's start off with Josh Christopher. I love the fact that Josh Christopher came back and he elected to play in the summer league. Uh, he looked good. He averaged about 19 points a game here. Um, you know, he shot it well from the free throw line. He showed that he can get to the cup and run a team here. And I liked him last year. You know, I think that he is going to get minutes here when you look at this thing. Um, you know, I, I think that you, you mix that here with Jabari Smith here. Um, who is obviously going to fill in well for Christian Woods here. Um, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Sagoon. You know, I think maybe he slides more into the five row. Hopefully he gets a lot of minutes now because I'm thinking he's a lot like um, when I saw him and I saw his game, I think he reminds me a lot of the Gasol brothers. So I think that there's definitely a place for him here. Um, and then you look at the fact that, yes, they do still have Kevin Porter Jr. on this roster. Uh, they do have Jalen Green here, who at, at times he showed he showed some game. All right. And then they do have uh, Deshaun Nix here, who they drafted as well, you know, from the NBA G League Ignite. So, I mean, they have a lot of pieces here. OK. And young pieces that are ready to go. And not to mention, too, as well, another guy that I was really impressed with was Ty Ty Washington Jr. I, I thought he was terrific. Uh, you know, he really showed that he could play on the ball, off the ball. To me, I thought he defended very well. Um, listen, these guys are 19, 20 years old. The Rockets have something special here. It's just all about can they keep their heads together? Can they be professional on a given night? You know, you heard about some of the things that went on there in the team, in the locker room here. But, you know, they have something special. They really do. And I think that they kind of showed me a little bit here in Summer League. And especially with Jabari Smith, I think the one thing that really stood out for me is his defensive prowess. Um, yes, I mean, at times he did struggle from the offense, offensive standpoint. He didn't dominate games like that, but he was still more importantly, he was a double figure guy. 
Um, yes, he hasn't. I mean, he can score on all three levels. He hasn't really figured out maybe what his niche is going to be in the NBA. But the one thing that does translate in any league is the defense. His defense carries. Your defense carries everywhere. Your offense may not carry all the time. Defensively, he probably had one of the blocks of the summer league. He showed that he could switch out on guards. He's terrific at moving his feet. He's great at holding his spacing there. Terrific at finishing off possessions with blockouts and things like that. So I think Houston has something special here. They really do. Uh, I think I would be very excited here if I'm a Houston Rockets fan. And I think that this, again, again, it could be one of the best draft classes that we've saw in, in quite some time here. Next up here, let me talk about uh, another guy here that's coming back for the second year and that's cam thomas i believe he went to lsu here and this guy is just a bucket getter okay he's a bona fide uh, bucket getter and i want to put his name out there now because they did lose bruce bowen over there with the nets and who knows what happens i mean as the nets turn right with that drama over there with kevin durant and the Kyrie Irving situation all that but one thing i do know is that cam thomas will be there and Cam Thomas might be a guy that's on the verge of a breakout season here. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes here. I think he's going to have the opportunity to score the ball a lot. You know, you look at the departure of James Harden. We're not sure what you're going to get with Ben Simmons. Uh, who knows if Kevin Durant is going to be there. And even if he is there, the Nets need firepower off the bench or they need more firepower to their starting lineup because they lost Goran Dragic as well in free agency so you know this is going to be huge that you know Cam Thomas is really taking this next step forward he looked good in his summer league debut here in the second year uh I, I think that he's going to be spectacular in, in this year I think that he is a guy uh maybe he's in the most improved aspect here I know shot selection may be uh, the thing here, but who knows? I mean, he could be like a Jamal Crawford, a guy who's just instant offense here. That's kind of what he looks like he could be. And the Nets are going to need that. They're going to need instant offenses because if the offense bogs down, if Kyrie Irving misses time, if Kevin Durant misses times, you know, you're going to need a guy that's going to get you some buckets. And so I think Steve Nash much appreciates a guy like this, especially with the offense that Steve Nash played with in Phoenix. I think Cam Thomas fits right into that boat. So uh, kudos to him. He looked very good during the summer. Uh, next up here, another guy that looks good here. And kudos to David Griffin here. And kudos to the Pelicans here who look really good. But Trey Murphy, the third man, he is definitely showing here, okay, he is a bona fide 3 and D guy here. Look, the kid came out here. He got him 26 points a game in his two appearances here. Shot 88% from the free throw line here. Uh, did get, you know, what about four, no, seven rebounds a game here. Um, he's going to, this is going to be huge, okay? Because listen, if they get a healthy Zion Williams back, you already have Brandon Ingram there. You have CJ McCollum here. When teams come and double team on Zion, if Zion is just as healthy as he was here uh, when he led the league in the paint and things like that, you are going to get a lot of weak side help. He is going to have a lot of open opportunities here. This guy can have a huge, huge, huge year this year for the Pelicans. And the Pelicans have really put themselves in a great situation here again. It all is going to be dependent on what they get from Zion Williams. Uh, it does scare me with Zion. You know I've said this before. I think Zion could be 
uh, on the same path as like what a Blake Griffin was with a lot of uh, athleticism and explosiveness. But if he doesn't develop a little bit more in his game, I'm a little worried here because I'm thinking, you know, that kind of impact, that kind of punishment that you take uh, with going in the paint all the time, it's not sustainable, you know, for a, a long career, you know, at that size. So that's that's very tough. So, you know, hopefully Zion is able to kind of bounce back here from the, the broken foot. Uh, but it looks like he is. I mean, hey, he's out there. He's had some explosive uh, Instagram footage there and stuff like that. So you hope that he's able to do what he's able to do. Um, you know, they do have Jose Alvarado there. I got a chance to look at this kid when he was in Georgia Tech. I love his energy. I love how he plays. Um, I like Dyson Daniels here, the rookie that they have. And another guy that we're not talking about that got hurt here is EJ Liddell. You know, EJ Liddell might have been one of the best uh, late round picks that there was to have here. So, you know, here's another guy again. You know, they are in uh, a good position here with the Pelicans. I think they've gone out here. They have drafted well. They've got some guys in the saddle here that will definitely be an impact if given the opportunity here. So I definitely like uh, what the Pelicans have kind of moving forward. And it does start there with what uh, Trey Murray was able to show here. Next up here, I want to talk about a guy that has gone on record and challenged LeBron James here, and that is uh, Benedict um, Mathurin. I, I hope I said his name right. I'm sorry if I butchered it here, but um, this guy, I, listen, okay, I, I was, I had to go watch him, you know, after he said that he had to see LeBron James show him, and yeah, I know it's Summer League. I, I get it, okay? I, I really do. But just seeing his game and then thinking of the fact here that you're going to have him. Hopefully you have a Miles Turner that's healthy. You have Buddy Hield over there, right? Um, man, this this team and you have a Tyrese uh, Halliburton over there. It, it, man, this team could be very scary. OK, it could be really scary here. This young man showed that for sure. Uh, he could score at all three levels here. Ton of energy. I love how he slashes. Um, you know, and looking at his shooting percentage here, he did shoot about uh, 40. It was about 48% him here from the field. You know, about almost 40% from the three-point line as well. Uh, a good free throw shooter. Man, this guy really showed me some things here. I think that he could possibly have a sneaky special season here. They do have, uh, what is it, Chris uh, Durrett over there as well. I loved his game last year before he went down with the foot here. Uh, so, again, you have another uh, young core here, which could be really good. And hopefully they're able to turn the page here in the East here. I know that that is going to be uh, a tough ball game because the East is still good here. The Bulls, the Bucks, you know, Philly and all that right there, uh, you know, the top heavy teams. But, you know, Detroit and, um, you know, the Pacers, these are teams that I, I fully expect with the talent that they have drafted and what we have saw here in the summer league. These guys have to be able to turn the page and somewhat some capacity here. OK, they have got to be able to turn the page. Next up here, and lastly, I want to talk about OKC, and I want to talk about what they have here. Okay, first and foremost, I love Josh Giddy. Okay, I love Josh Giddy's game last year. 
I think he was a, a hell of a player. I think that he probably would have been in the rookie of the year considerations. Uh, he was a walking triple-double. He really found a way to stuff the stat sheet. Obviously, if he gets better with the jumper here, uh, he's going to be tough. Okay, so he's a lot like, uh, to me, like a Rick Rubio, but he's a little bit more maybe craftier than Rick, Rick Rubio uh, and can get to the line a lot more and shoot the ball a lot better than what Rick Rubio can do. Uh, shout out to Rick Rubio and, and much respect to there and that resurgence there in Cleveland. So, um, you know, terrific there. I like what Giddy has. And I love what Chad Holmgren has, okay? So I know that, you know, you look at Holmgren there. I mean, yes, I know he didn't dominate Summer League like that. He did have some moments here. But to me, in comparison, you know, he looks like he's going to be a lot more like a Kevin Durant type of player. I know people were talking about the physicalities, you know, and people kind of going at his chest and stuff like that. He's going to get stronger, okay? He's going to get stronger. I'm not sure if he's naturally going to play at the five, but hey, he could, you could sneak him in there in today's five and he could be a five through three type of guy. You know, I'm not saying that he's like a Joel Embiid where he can punish you inside or anything like that, but hey, Kevin Durant sometimes plays the five in some lineups and he gets it done. So, I mean, look, listen, he's going to be terrific. I think as he continues to, to get better with his jump shot, continues to release it at the same point, uh, his handle continues to get tight as well, and he cuts down on the turnovers, uh, he's going to be special. I think he's going to be a special individual. So I think that, you know, for sure, OKC has got it right here. Um, I think that with their roster and what they have here, um, you know, they have some special pieces here. You know, they have Shea Gillis Alexander over there as well. You know, he's going to play well. Um, so, you know, hey, they're in a good shape here in OKC. I think if you're a fan here, uh, you've got to know that you're in great hands here with Sam Presti. I think he's done a terrific job here. You know, they have Jalen Williams over there at 6'10 from Arkansas. Uh, he's playing. Uh, we already talked about Josh Giddy and, and, and what he was able to bring here. So, a lot of special pieces here um, to, to come out here in OKC. And uh, lastly, too, I, I forgot to talk about it, too, but the um, Mosley, Mosley from the Cleveland Cavaliers here. So he's another guy I wanted to talk about here because, uh, you know, Evan Mosley was special here last year. Here's Isaiah Mosley, 6'10", has a handle, can shoot the three-pointer, rim, uh, uh, rim defender as well. Uh, man, he's good. Um, uh, Ojale, I think from Kansas here, this guy is tough as well. Like, listen, I think the, uh, and hopefully I got his name right, but these guys are going to be, uh, special. You know, I think Cleveland has turned the page now from LeBron. I think that they've clearly bought in here with the draft picks here. This is probably the most youth that I've seen Cleveland have in a while. And Cleveland had a special season there last year. I think the oldest person on the roster might be Kevin Love. So, you know, they've obviously got to figure out what they want to do with Colin Sexton, the young bull, who I love that guy. Um, and so, listen, they are going to be special here. These guys are ready to contribute right now in an NBA roster here. And so, you know, definitely kudos to uh, the Cavs for going out here and getting them. And Isaiah Mobley might be my dark horse as well. I'm putting him in there for possible rookie of the year. I think he's going to play well off his brother. Um, you know, I, I know it's going to be probably tough to crack the starting lineup with Jared Allen right there. But, 
Uh, man, can you imagine Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen on the floor at once to go along with Darius uh, Garland and then Colin Saxton? Like, that is scary, dude. That he That is like, man, towers amongst towers. You know, and I know that Colin Saxton and, um, you know, uh, you know, his, his backcourt made here are not that big, but at the end of the day, when you look at the front court, man, they are going to be tough, man. They are going to be tough, 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 tough. So uh, Darius Garland. So, you know, listen, this is a great pick here for, for Cleveland. I think if you're a Cleveland fan, you have to be uh, really, really, um, you know, excited about their future as well. So, you know, with that being said, that is today's show here. So um, I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform here. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show and the fans out there who have chimed in on a week to week basis here. Um, for Rico, this is Real Talk Sports. We'll be back with another show.